Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation podcast, episode number 23. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. I'm just going to fly through this intro uh, this week. I do want to get right to the conversation. Um, But first, I do want to remind you that this podcast is also available in video form. If you do want to watch along versus just listen, you can find it on YouTube. You can just search the Eddie Conversation podcast there. If you are a fan of the show, uh, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, liking, commenting, whatever platform you're on. Very much appreciated. And uh, with that being said, let's just get right to it. Episode number 23 featuring Risa Ishiyama. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yes, and you are Risa Ishiyama. I'm Risa Ishiyama. Great. All right. So I, you are an actor. I am an actress, actor, an actress, whatever you I, like. To yes, call I, me. Had, I had the, entertainer. That always comes up. That always comes up. Where it's like, how do I, how do I say it? Why well, I, I was listening to your last podcast, okay. and I was like, oh, huh. I don't care. Whatever you like to call me. Okay. Funny person. And so, outside of actor, do you consider is is actor? Excited. Okay. Is there anything you'd like to add on top of on top of that, or is? Uh huh. Um, I'm also a musician. Um, I'm from Japan. I speak fluent Japanese. Going home to Japan in a month for four weeks. Mm, you mean career-wise? Yeah, as far as as far as identifying traits. Identifying traits. I, yeah. Singer. Singer. Uh, pianist. Singer. Pianist. Singer. Pianist. Mm-hmm. Great, because um, yeah, I, I I feel like when okay, for foundation building purposes, uh, you and I have worked together a few times now mm-hmm. before, director, actor, um, on on some of my short films such as me a Jenny and also me. Um, what was that one? The middle one called? <laughs> uh, it was called. The idea, an ideal conversation. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then and the popcorn. first time was popcorn. popcorn yeah. Um, so that's been great. It's been so much fun. <laughs> it's helped me through this 2020 year, this past 2020 year. Yeah, those were all last year. So it's very. Yeah, we did three in one year during a qu- quarantine year. Well, we got lucky with popcorn. We it was shot right that before. right before. Yeah. And. Uh, Got, yeah, we got lucky. That was cool. Mm-hmm. How I wanted to talk about um, let's just let's start with let's start with your story, and then okay. and then maybe we'll come back to a little bit more of the now. Uh, so you mentioned uh, you were born and grew up in Japan, specifically mm-hmm. uh, Kawasaki, Japan, which is south mm. of Tokyo. Okay. But I usually just say Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. The vicinity. It's the, it's the name that people recognize around mm-hmm. here. Okay. So I was curious to hear about that because we we've had we've had chances to to chat before, but normally it's like we're in the in the in the work brain yeah. with mm-hmm. with like all right, we have a character, let's talk it out and figure stuff out and and do that collaboration. But yeah, uh, yeah. So what what. What is Japan like? It's <laughs> um, a very basic intro question. What is Japan like? Uh, yeah. um, culturally, it's people are very polite. It's a group society. 
we all kind of live on this moral code. I would say that Americans are very um, free and in a positive saying, it's I love living in the US because it's so free. You get to do whatever you want to do. You get to be out of the box. In Japan, you kind of have to fit this mold. Um, but this COVID situation has really brought out different sides of the culture that some mm-hmm. I think, oh, well, this part of Japan is good. People respect COVID or whatever, social distancing, all of that. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I, obviously I'm both. I'm half Japanese, half white American, Caucasian American. So I get to pick the, the things I like about both cultures, which yeah. I feel very grateful for. Okay. Uh, well, I guess... All right. Mm-hmm. I guess that, that was one thing I was curious about, too, was... Um, okay, so you mentioned there's a mold... Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit more of a mold in the society mm-hmm. that you have to fit. Like, what is that like? Because mm-hmm. because you, as an actor, you had your start in Japan. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of got the, I don't know if, it, if you'd call it the bug or whatnot, but like... Yeah. Well, how, my parents are actors in Japan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did that all start and, and how does that relate to the mold in... Well, I'll take you back to my parents. Um, So my parents are both musical theater performers, actors in Japan. They're kind of retired now from performing, but my mom is from Pasadena, California. She's Caucasian. Uh, She moved to Japan for a dance job. She was a dancer. She still is. And then uh, she joined kind of like the Broadway of Japan, which is kind of like a big company in Japan. And that's where she met my dad. So they started both doing musical theater. I was born and ever since I could remember, I was growing up at, you know, big professional theaters, thousands of seats and watching rehearsal or, you know, listening to my dad prepare for an audition, things like that. And I just loved it. I mean, musical theater was life growing up and I begged my parents to let me audition for Le Miserable, Little Cosette, when I was about five. I was very determined. Uh, but my parents didn't want to be, you know, stage parents, so they told me no. They said, you can audition for things when you can take yourself to an audition and take yourself to rehearsal. Which Japan uh, is a pretty independent company, uh, country. Mm-hmm. Kids ride the train at six years old by themselves. So when I was around nine, I started going to Shibuya, which is, um, if you've ever seen photos of Japan, it's the big crossing. Mm. Maybe you've seen like a, a time lapse. I'm sure I've seen it. Maybe. Sure I've seen um, it. So that's, if you look up Shibuya, a scramble crossing, you'll see where I was walking at age nine by myself. And I would go take tap lessons and ballet lessons and uh, when I was 11 I got to audition for my first uh, Broadway equivalent show Annie in Japan and the first year I didn't make it second year when I was 12 I got cast and that was my start to professional acting I guess I did commercials and voiceovers and stuff before but that was just more fun it wasn't very serious so so Broadway equivalent show. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? 
so it's like it's not necessarily because I'm not I'm not too familiar with the theater scene. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, so how difficult is it to like, especially like in Japan, like how different is it, or the theater culture? How does that differ from there versus here, or is it pretty pretty similar on? Um, well, Japan has a long theater history. Kabuki, the Japanese theater history, I think. That's why people love theater because it's a part of the culture.、Mm-hmm. And then when Western theater came into Japan, like musical theater, plays,、uh, it was well received. So theater is pretty big in Japan. It's kind of like a little New York.、Um, lots of big stages,、um, you know, big famous musical theater or theater actors.、Uh, for me, my debut show was Annie, which is a,、yeah. an American show. About a million kids audition every year,、oh. and they take twenty kids. In the first year, I couldn't even get into the door for the audition. They didn't. It was like a paper audition submission, and、mm-hmm. they didn't invite me.、Uh, and then second year, I got through. I think they invite about five hundred kids, and they eliminate down to. It's a three-day audition. Still to this day, the tough, toughest audition. It feels like an American Idol. Where you're kind of put on display. There's cameras everywhere.、Yes. They're following you, and at the very end, there's about a hundred kids that get selected. And then within the hundred, they put you in a room, and then they call your name if you got in the show. So,、um, yeah, it was very exciting, very heartbroken, heartbreaking if you didn't make it at that point. I think I was very lucky. And、Congrats! Yeah, I mean, it was such a fun experience, and I did that for about a year. We did、uh, like a six months run in Tokyo, and then we traveled for like three months.、Mm-hmm. And there's like a three months rehearsal, so. Yeah, and then I guess just to clarify too, for people not watching the video, we are currently on a rooftop. Rooftop.、Uh, a few miles outside of Los Angeles.、So. I see the Hollywood sign over there. It's very yeah. fancy. Yeah. So if you hear. Noise such as that. It's、uh, well. I mean, it's cool. It's a Japanese tourist dream to be able to sit on a rooftop and be like, "That's a Hollywood sign." Yeah, <laughs> it's it's quite the dream. Yeah,、But、living it, living it.、Um, okay, so you got your start with a huge show,、mm-hmm. and your parents were like, "Sweet, our our daughter is living the dream," and. Uh, no, I think it was more like if this is what you want to do, go ahead. <laughs> They、do、were never pushing me to do it at all,、mm-hmm. which was different from the, some of the parents. Most of the parents、yeah. there, which were, you know, every country, I feel like there's those stage parents. Mine were not.、Um, so then I just took myself to rehearsal, did my schoolwork in the train, and LAPD cop. My uncle was at LAPD. My aunt and uncle. So yeah, I'm sure. <laughs>、uh, yeah, it was fun. Okay. Oh, and the director was actually American. He's a, dire- a theater director in LA, and on Broadway,、uh, and but he lives in LA.、Mm-hmm. So I've met up with him a couple times since moving here. Okay. So after that experience, what what came after? What came after that? Like, how did your perception of That life change as young as you were. Like, did did that? How much did that, did that impact you with、uh, that experience? Um, 
There must be somebody running or something. We're in the middle of it. Um, yeah. This is all a part of Hollywood experience. There's, right, helicopters everywhere. It's very exciting. It's like Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so after that, I... So that was like the top tier. So after that, booking other shows was uh, quite easy. Yeah. So I did a couple other shows. And then I auditioned for this American company called The Young Americans. They are not really around anymore, but back then they were a big performing arts traveling company based out of California. They had a tour in Japan and I went to see their show and I fell in love with them. And I was a translator for them for a season. And then I auditioned for the company and I got in. So mm. when I was around 18, I moved to California. Okay. Yeah. So was, was the plan at that point... Okay, so leading up from your first show, Annie, mm -hmm. to that, that audition and, and being introduced to that company, you, you knew the whole time that performing was, was the dream of yours? And yeah, I thought I wanted to be a Broadway star right. I, that was my thing I mean growing up, growing up my favorite movies were like Singing in the Rain mm -hmm. you know American in Paris all those old American musical theater movies I also didn't have a lot of exposure to American films because we only got like a few things mm -hmm. I always say the, the three TV shows we got in Japan were Friends Sabrina the Teenage Witch Four, actually, Boy Meets World and um, Full House. Mm. Those are the only Classics. things I had access to, which they're fun. Those are good but, shows. But, you know, I missed out on a lot of Ameri good American TV and film pop culture. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I had the understanding of what pursuing TV and film could be like. So it was not, it wasn't something I was thinking about until I moved out to LA. Sure. I, I guess more what I was thinking was like, when I reflect back on, on myself as a as a kid, like I had no idea mm. what I wanted to do. Or, oh, sure, yeah. So if I, so I'm just imagining, like, oh, oh my gosh, like I want to be an actor, and then having the experience of actually living as an actor and doing the work, it's like actually I don't like this anymore. Like there might be some moments of wavering on the dream, or like actually oh. my parents are right. Like I don't know if there's. Like, if there's mm. moments like that in there, or if it was just like, oh my gosh, this is all beautiful and all fun, and... I mean, not, I was a new. very competitive, determined kid. Yeah. I made my parents say okay to doing professional shows, honestly. <laughs> but uh, there was a moment I wanted to be a vet, I wanted to be an architect, which I still love homes. Um, I wanted to be a saxophone player, but then I played saxophone for like two weeks and I was like, mm -mm, okay. mm -mm, no. Um, uh, my parents wanted me to work at the UN because I spoke two languages. That was, that was more their thing. They would have loved if I worked at the UN. Mm. Uh, stability. Mm, stability. Power. Yeah. <laughs> Status. But I think I was always pretty determined. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm glad. That sounds... That sounds great to know and it to, to feel right um, okay so prior to this American company that you auditioned for mm -hmm. were you looking for a way out to the states was that oh yeah how, how, when did that kind of or was that always a, a I think, hurdle you knew you had to cross at some point um, I didn't even think of it as a hurdle I think it was always kind of like well 
my parents live in Japan. Uh, we grew up in Japan until we're 18, and I was going to somehow move here once I was an adult. We came to California. Yeah, quotes adult. Because I don't know, 18 is... <laughs> I, I laugh when people say 18 is an adult. Because really? I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, every summer we would come to California for two months because all my mom's side family right. lives here. And when I was in sixth grade, we spent like four months and actually went to a school in Sacramento. And... I thought I was always going to come here to go to school, which I did eventually end up going to Cal State Long Beach. Um, but yeah, I just okay, always knew yeah. that I was going to come here. So you said you would come here every year, mm-hmm. kind of growing up. All right, that that makes sense. Then I I kind of like wasn't considering that aspect of it, where you had exposure. Oh yeah. To yeah. SoCal and America. Yeah. Quite frequently. Mm-hmm. So all right, that that smooths it out for sure where yeah. it's like all right you know where you're going to end up and it's just a part of the plan mm-hmm. the master plan so okay so you landed with this american company and this was a mm-hmm. uh, a dance company oh, a, uh, it's a performing, performing arts company arts. it's a singing and dancing and not really much acting it, they travel around the world they perform and then they teach kids uh, a show, a singing and dancing show. The first act is the company show, and the second act is with the kids. So when they came to Japan, I took their workshop, and I was in their second act, mm-hmm. and I was I fell in love. And you know, a lot of very talented performers in the company. Um, so I trained about a year to audition for them, and with them I traveled around the U.S. I went back to Japan twice for two tours. I went to Germany. Poland, Holland, Denmark, Sweden, yeah, and so I got to travel a lot. So how how was that? <laughs> um, really cool. I I was in Germany for about three months. Mm. Um, yeah, I was, was gonna, I was going to ask about how much time you had outside of the outside of the shows to. Not much. Okay. It, we were pretty packed, but we did get to see. A lot of the country because every three days we would be in a different city mm-hmm. so we would be just we were there in I think they would say München, Munich uh, during Oktoberfest and but our company wasn't allowed to drink so we just like walked around watching drunk people I wasn't even 21 except that I think their drinking age is like 16 or 18 or something yeah, yeah. so it wouldn't have mattered but um, but the culture and the architecture and it's just so beautiful Cologne, was, that was the first place we landed in. I think that's, I hope I'm saying that right. It's this gorgeous castle and Bremen, I think, was east of Germany. It's beautiful river and yeah, I really yeah. want to go back. Yeah. Does that, prior to that experience, had you traveled much prior, like, no, aside I mean, from coming to, to the U.S.? That was it. Every summer, our travel was coming here, Okay. which was two months out of the year. We would be here, so we didn't really get to spend time elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was just thinking about like the experience of at least seeing parts of seeing parts, seeing so many parts of the world so quickly, mm. and how that that adjust the framework of, of the world and how, how it's all connected but hmm. but I don't but being that you're so busy you know working and, and doing and doing the and working the craft and 
I wasn't sure on how much that experience may have influenced your, your worldview, but... Yeah, I know. I, I mean, you know, when you're a child, I, I feel like you're not really thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe when I was like 18 and I was in, ah, I still don't think I appreciated it how I would appreciate it now, going to Europe and spending three months in right. Germany and other countries. What, what, yeah. what, what, what was it about at that time? Well, it was about performing with my friends and traveling mm -hmm. in a different country. I wish I had studied history and culture and even like politics and just everything a little bit more. But I mean, it was still such a great experience. No, no, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Makes sense. Makes <laughs> sense. Okay, so you did that. Yes. But you hadn't... So that's almost like a like a limbo year or whatever. Where, it was like where, a year and a half maybe. Because you're not touring. you're not technically living in Japan. You're not yeah. technically haven't moved to the states. Or you had had you officially moved at that point? Did you consider it? A move? Yeah, I moved in uh, because the training center was in California. So mm. we trained for about six months, I think, okay. and that was including rehearsals and auditioning for different tours. Because um, once you get in the company, you have to also audition to get on a tour. So I did spend like six months in California. Okay. And then a year and a half of travel. Yeah, maybe it was like a year. Sure. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Somewhere, Somewhere around there. All right. Um, so one thing, because that's a lot of experience performing prior even yeah. to starting the, the, the LA pursuit. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds how I'm, I'm curious to how LA felt when you first started here and how the outlook has changed now that you've spent time here or how yeah mm, I mean the industry has changed a lot um, when I moved out here I felt like, well, first of all, I didn't know anything about TV and film. Right. I moved out here, I was going to Cal State Long Beach and I had a voice teacher in LA and she, she said, you should come to this audition for this musical theater show, Spring Awakening. It was gonna be the first show in LA after the rights had been released on Broadway. So I said, sure. And I went to the audition, not realizing that this was like a pretty big audition and all the actors there were TV actors. Re like recognizable TV actors. I didn't know who they were because um, I had not done. I didn't you, even you really watch that much TV. Yeah, I was on tour for a year and a half. You didn't have a chance prior because no. they didn't have the shows unless. And again, there were had, there was like a lot of kids. You know, we we're all kids, maybe like three hundred kids, and somehow I got in. Mm -hmm. And on the day of the callback, I was like, I want to book the show, and I moved to LA. I didn't even book the job yet. So I had my car packed with the few suitcases I had. I had nothing else. Um, and I moved to Glendale. Mm -hmm. um, and then that rehearsal started, which is where I first got to meet TV actors. Oh, so you did get the role. I, I got in the show. There was okay. about... So you moved without having booked it. No, but I booked it. <laughs> you booked it. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, I know. Um, but I would have probably moved to LA anyways sure, sure, sure. to just try it out. I'm just glad it ended up that way. That, that you had me scared for a second there. I know. I didn't know where that was but going. But that's the that's to be young and <laughs> ignorant. That's the kind of stuff you do, which is exciting. Okay. Um, 
and I think there was about like 15, 20 of us in the show. Uh, and we were rehearsing during pilot season, which back then I think pilot season was even more of a real season than now. Mm -hmm. So all the TV actors were all coming with their auditions. They have audition for this big TV show, callback, chemistry read, and I was just kind of soaking it up, learning. And I was like, oh, this is kind of exciting. I feel like maybe this is something I want to do. And then I started taking, you know, TV, film, acting classes, um, and I fell in love with it. And I did a couple of other musical theater shows after that in LA, which had really great casts, a lot of other TV actors too, but I just realized that it wasn't something I wanted to do anymore. So that kind of faded and I've been just pursuing, you know, film and TV acting yeah. since. So what was what was that transition like for from the uh, from the craft perspective on switching gears from the th the stage performances into yeah very different mm -hmm. and also it's a, it's also different because acting in Japan is different from the U S mm -hmm. so I was doing theater acting in Japan which is very big it's like bigger than Broadway so coming here and realizing I mean, I'm still learning this. Oh, TV and film, it's like, it looks like just real people talking. Like, I didn't know what that looked like on my body. Mm -hmm. So I think that's always a constant thing I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Okay. So like, so that's interesting coming from the Japanese theater where you said it's even bigger than, like mm -hmm. big, bigger expressions and bigger, bigger, bigger movements yeah. than American theater mm -hmm. and then switching from American theater into film it's like dialing it down even further yeah. into like micro expressions and yeah. like you said the realness of of uh, two people just talking mm -hmm. um, that's uh, at least it's a, at least it's a straightforward progression into toning it down but I don't know if you even call toning it down I don't know what what you Not, call that but yeah I don't know but also it was language too I didn't speak English well when I first moved here. So it was reading a script in English, understanding it, and then getting the words out. That was very stressful. Because you technically knew the language. I mean, I spoke it, but not very well. Okay. I did all my schooling in Japanese. I went to a regular Japanese school. I didn't go to like an international school in Japan. So getting to know the language, and then also reading a script and understanding the meaning of it there's so many hidden meanings that unless you're smart enough, <laughs> you don't get it. I feel like now, finally, most of the times I get what scripts are. Because even when you do know the language, it's hard to yeah, it know like, what's the subtext here? What's the mm -hmm. intention of the writer? What's, yeah. What are they looking for? Because it, it could be um, interpreted in, uh, in many ways. Sure, so, yeah. So it's... It, it does take uh, a lot of experience to, I guess, yeah. make your decision on, yeah, on what you're going to run with there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that sounds like uh, a lot of work to... to yeah, lots of um, dialect coaching, speech therapy, reading out books out loud, kind of like um, Princess Diary when you know, Anne Hathaway's reading out the book, a mm. lot of those. Um, yeah, and just getting used to American culture. 
Okay, so when you when you initially jumped into the film and TV side, you had the the benefit on on the stage to witness different actors that have done film and TV talk about their experiences. So, like mm-hmm. you said, you're soaking you're soaking all that up. Um, so, did you? How long? When did you jump fully into? Okay, I'm trying to say. <laughs> when did you leave theater behind? And, oh yeah, and yeah. Jump fully into film and, uh, and. Um. Or I don't know. Not, you know. No, not, actually, there's an uh, exact moment I remember it was maybe I don't know a couple of years ago. I was having dinner with a film director, and he was kind of angry that I was doing a theater show even though I told him that I wanted I was pursuing film and TV and retrospectively I don't know if what he was saying was right but he basically said that if you want to pursue film and TV you got to pursue that you got to make it your own thing and just go 100% you can't be doing other stuff and I took that to heart and I I do appreciate it because I did spend all my time now just focusing on this one thing which I I hope has made me grow as an actress for this specific medium. But I don't think as an actor you can't do both. I think there is there are a ton of actors who do both and are fantastic. And I now I kind of you know with this pandemic who knows when but I would love to do theater again someday. But maybe not musical theater. I feel like I've grown out of musical theater. I would love to do like a play. Um, and I whenever I go to New York, I kind of want to watch a play rather than a musical theater show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that the, uh, that's the thing about, the, about LA is I hate those, those advice segments that people throw at you sometimes. Like every, yeah. everybody likes to throw out the advice of you have to do this, you can't do this. Yeah. Um, that seems, that's kind of frustrating. Yeah, and when but, you're young and green you just you're trying to take whatever advice to other people who you think have more experience are giving you but i don't know i think it's yeah i think I took the right path the way i interpret it as based on this person's experience their their opinion is to have the best chance of succeeding at the film and tv life is probably to stop doing theater and to put all of your time into that will give you the best chance of succeeding. Mm-hmm. And then from there you could take, it's like, all right, that makes sense. And I'll probably take that advice, but saying that you can't, I just hate the word. I, hate the I know, word. but also, <laughs> hey, the past year there hasn't been any theater anyways. So, so, um, so you literally can't. You, you can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think everything is, happens the way it's supposed to happen. I feel very grateful for where I am right now in my journey. I'm glad. That's good. How was the process? Okay, this is kind of like actor 101 a little bit, but I always try to think about all of all of the actor friends and people that I've known that have moved and um, like the first checklist items are always like, all right, I need to get representation. I need to get my SAG vouchers and like get on some SAG and like make SAG. How was, <laughs> what is, what is, 
I don't know how often you reached out to for advice from other actors on like how do I get how do I get your SAG how do I get SAG and yeah how do I get representation and um, how, how was it for you and how, so do you, interesting. how do you think of it now yeah how do I think of it now I'm thinking about that you know when you talk to more experienced actors or filmmakers they're like don't worry about the headshot the the representation being SAG just worry about your craft and you know most actors myself included come here being like i need to find representation i need to get the best headshot i need to be sag and i'm like yeah i wish i did take that advice more of just focusing on the craft and which i always was focused but i think i was distracted often by feeling like i had to move ahead by having a representation or whatever i mean yeah i i've had so many different agents and managers and I kind of feel like okay I'm very happy with mine right now they're great but my previous ones I felt like I was just getting somebody just so I could get somebody and say oh I'm in LA I have representation like feeling some kind of weird validation from that um, yeah now I definitely am in a place where I want to just focus on the craft but I can tell you a story of how I became SAG. Okay, sure. let's hear it. <laughs> uh, which I don't even know if this loophole still exists. But when I became SAG, um, there was a loophole to where if you were a producer on a project and you had a co-producer who was SAG, you can Taft-Hartley yourself. So, because to become SAG, you have to be Taft-Hartley or you have to do three SAG eligible jobs or something like that, I don't remember. Um, and I've always liked producing. I still do produce a little bit right now. I want to do it more in the future. So I produce some little, you know, real shoot shorts. And I taft hardly myself. That's how I became SAG. And then I did a couple more shoots for my friends. And once I was SAG, I taft hardly them. Hmm. So, I mean, I think we shot something. And there was like maybe like a three-page script. But it never came out anywhere. And that was enough to get in at that time. I don't know if you can do that now. I don't know either. But yeah. that sounds great. Yeah, I helped a couple of my I mean my help my friend helped me first and then I think I was able to help maybe like three, four friends to get in SAG. So So the idea is you produce a project in which you have a co producer that is SAG or another producer along with you mm -hmm. that can vouch for you. I'll yeah. just air quotes that. And uh I'm assuming you produce it and you act in it. Yeah. And then the other producer. All right, cool. Yeah, but That's I did all the paperwork. Right, right. I mean, right. he was just there for name, and then for I did all the paperwork for all my friends, too, mm -hmm. which took forever. Because SAG doesn't care about people who are shooting your reel, trying to Taft lead themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was just a lot of calling SAG people, annoying them. Yeah. Over and over. <laughs> yeah, because I. Okay, for that story, I think about. Um, before I moved to LA, uh, I don't even know if if you've talked about this, but I initially pursued the acting side. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, before I quickly realized that that's not the side for me, mm -hmm. and I much prefer behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I did uh, get. I think it was I got Taft Heart lead. Mm. Um, and became SAG eligible before I moved moved down here. Cool. And it was through a similar kind of way where 
uh, a friend of mine, she produced a project, and like there was a weird loophole at that time for like new media productions. That's what it is, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it might, <laughs> might be a similar thing, but I don't think, but I, th I don't know if there's anybody attached that, maybe there was that I didn't know about, because I didn't know what was going on back then. Yeah. But I was just a background player oh, on well, that short. They were really cool then. But you can, they can give you whatever, regardless. I was just an extra, and I got tapped hardly through this short film. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the lesson here uh, is that if you... Loopholes. Yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> want to make it happen, and, like, and, like, joining SAG, I don't think now being here, it's not a big deal. It feels like a big deal when I first, you move, first move here. Like, oh, I need to join SAG, and, like, I joined... It was, like, very exciting, and it's something that you can definitely make it happen. And I don't think the new media thing is still... A loophole? I it's, think they closed no, that they loophole. Closed that quick. There's something else. Okay. You can figure it out. I guess the big question is, because it's always fear-based thinking, is if I'm mm. not SAG, I'm not going to be considered for the role. So is, mm. do you, is, that, is that a thing that you felt has mattered? Or just because now that you have SAG, you don't have to think about it anymore? Like that. I don't have to think about it anymore. And But I would ask probably really good actors who are not SAG and who have book jobs and then turn SAG because if you're good enough for the role they're gonna make it happen for you yeah it obviously kind of depends on the budget of the project and everything but I don't think those are things that you should be worried about I wish I wasn't worried about those I agree I agree yeah but still yeah the fear the fear is strong <laughs> no, yeah sure, I feel sure. I, now I'm like the fear should be oh what if I'm not a good enough actor <laughs> more than anything what if I'm not good enough that's yeah so focus on that or what if I haven't put lesson. enough time into this audition or you know not like is my headshot good enough mm -hmm. yeah how do you feel how do you tackle auditions um, well you've helped because sure. when you mentioned the time thing because that's always a yeah, I mean, yeah how do you how much is too much time how do you how does it I don't it know if there's ever too much time I guess maybe um we'll say I have a chemistry read for this film I've had I've had a couple callbacks for this week nice and after the last callback I didn't hear back for two months so I, I throw away the script the printed out version and I, I threw away my tapes because I was like oh, I didn't book it um, and then I heard back from them yesterday saying hey you have a chemistry read and I was like oh kind of forgot about it can, so can, can you send me those tapes <laughs> <laughs> right I'm like what did I do in those auditions I don't know um, so maybe that is time but I don't know if there's everything as a, too much time because don't you feel that way as a director? Do you ever feel like, oh, I spend way too much time in pre-production? Well, no, that's impossible. <laughs> right? But for an audition, I guess from the director's perspective, uh -huh. I understand. Like, I get uh, there's this weird fine line between the expectation that one has when watching mm -hmm. an audition. So as a director, and I guess being that I have practice the acting side as well mm -hmm. like I understand that the audition is not meant to be like a perfect representation of this is what you're going to do on the day mm -hmm. this is 
this is a foundational aura that you are presenting that I can work with and mold yeah. and make and heighten these moments and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I know it's not a completed thing. You're not in costume. You're not having the makeup. You're not on location. You don't have your scene partner. We haven't rehearsed it. Mm -hmm. So I, I understand it's, it's like ideally you know the lines mm -hmm. but I don't even know if that's 100% needed like a, mm -hmm. I don't know it's it's I mean I would say uh, not enough time yeah. is when you get an eight page script that the lines are mostly you and you get it at 8 p.m. and it's to 11 a.m. the next morning that feels like not enough time and those are stressful and I just don't sleep and I try to you know shoot it overnight which luckily my mom is the best and she's in Japan so time our time's time opposite so yeah. she's willing to shoot with me at like 3 a.m. if I need to because that's afternoon Your for her 3 a.m. yeah my 3 a.m. which I have done a couple times and it's just like Cause that, that feels like feels like too much of an ask for the actor in that in yeah that, I just don't even cases. feel like half of the time I'm really putting in the work for the acting I'm just trying to regurgitate the words yeah and even if I'm not getting it perfectly that that feel, doesn't feel like enough time to really know the story enough well they're not even giving you a chance to, to sit with it and think about it and it's yeah. too many pages to ask for anyway you don't need that much of a, of a runway to get what an actor is going to give you so yeah. it's just like, for me, it feels like disrespectful to the actors you're asking to do this work. But I have got auditions like that for big projects. And I'm like, well, somebody else booked it, so they must have done it. <laughs> or maybe they didn't do all eight pages. Maybe they just did one page and they were like, eh, this yeah, is what I do. Me, if you want me, here you go. I don't know. If you're out there, if you booked that job I didn't book, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Because I kind of, I don't know the whole it's the whole taking advantage of of just other other positions in general that mm. I I know I spend a lot of time making sure like it's you know respect you're respect respecting each other's craft and all the acts aren't too much and well you are respectful for like that even when I've worked with you you've always given me the script ahead of time and your sets are run really smoothly. You're so much fun to work with. That's why, obviously, we've done three projects together and hopefully more. Oh, thank you. Um, but I also... I, <laughs> <laughs> sure, go, yes. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Applause. Um, but I, I also don't feel like I'm take, being taken advantage of. It's what I want to do. So if I end up getting a script that's eight pages and I have to shoot it overnight and I send it in not perfect, I mean, I hope that they're not expecting it to be perfect I still got to do what I wanted to do mm -hmm. and you know if you feel like if you're angry because of that I don't know like why are you okay, well, doing here, it here's that, that's a tough part uh-huh that's something that I've, I've been thinking about more through through this COVID stuff too yeah is being in that this is the craft that we love mm -hmm. where is the line in which this you're asking too much I'm not gonna do it like if there's no such line, then somebody could potentially be like, here's 20 pages, I want this in the next hour. You want the job or not? Oh, you're not serious about this? Like that whole kind of, it feels like a little bit bully oh. tactic-y to, to, 
really you know, utilize I, that love and, and leverage it for... Well, I used to get stressed about things like that, but now I kind of just do what I want to do. So if I can spend the whole overnight learning, memorizing eight pages, which I always do because I don't like feeling like I didn't give my all, mm -hmm. especially when these are bigger auditions that my manager and agents fought to get for me. I'm not going to send in a half tape unless we're told you can only send half if you want to, which not, that's <laughs> hardly ever going to happen. Um, I would say more about that taking advantage of if it's like uh, physical safety. I've heard of shoots where, you know, they don't have enough budget, so they didn't hire a stunt person. So you're standing on the roof on a rainy day. You're you don't have any safety. You're not wired and you're slipping. Like that, I feel that's taken advantage of. If you don't have the money to do a cool stunt and you're using an actor and putting them in danger, that would, I would, I would feel that. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would probably speak up. Or if it was like a sexual scene and you know, there wasn't like nudity waivers and suddenly they want you to be naked or something like that. that those are more situations more than at the audition level. Yeah. Okay. Because I guess, let's say, let's, for the freelancer, like when I script supervise and stuff, something that I, that I always think about is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, the, it's the weird, it's the weird, um, like negotiating rates and that, and that kind of thing that, mm -hmm. that comes with uh, the freelance life yeah. of production. Is at least in the indie world, they're always trying to like we don't have the budget for this. Sorry, we can only pay you this, and but we need this, this, and this, and this, and this. Mm -hmm. And also, we're co we're saying we're COVID compliant, but when you show up, it's like oh, they're not really enforcing it, and yeah. this doesn't really feel very safe. The director and the producer aren't wearing their masks over there. They're not even taking it seriously. Yeah. Do I leave? Where's my line? Like, am I gonna put up mm -hmm. with that? Cause I love the craft and I love being involved and I love being on set. Or like it's a weird to, yeah. to think about the scenarios in which I love being here because I can always I can always spin it in like no matter how crappy of a day on set it was it was still a good time which I was is, on set right which is which is a bummer because I'm, I guess that's something I'm working on is like where's my line what what do I want to I think about it as keeping like the set honest and keeping production honest and and asking for more, but that yeah, hmm. I don't know I, because I am I do produce a little bit. I, I think about that a lot, being fair to people I work with, especially I'm often hiring friends uh, right, about right. time and money and you know doing smaller shoots. It's usually lower budget, so then at least being respectable about time. 100%. Leading them, and I, I hope that when I walk onto a set that I'm treated that way, um, which I've mostly had good experiences. But I also haven't worked a ton like some of my other friends, so I'm kind of still in my learning journey. But me as a person, I've put a lot of time into working on myself. I did a whole year of life coaching the past year, actually year and a half. So I think I feel good enough to be able to say no and walk away and go, okay, that wasn't a mistake. Yeah. But I would go through the checklist of, yeah, like, 
like, what did it take for me to get on the set, for me to walk away from that? I haven't crossed that line yet. Interested to see, like, what would be my line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like the idea of having that line and, and really making people see that it exists and they can't just do whatever they want. It's like yeah. there are there are boundaries here that I would like you to not cross. I mean, I've during this quarantine shoots i have asked a director if one of the crew members if they don't mind putting their mask on the sound guy that was sitting right here in a car and i was like i didn't tell him because i didn't feel like it was should come from me and that was very respected um but yeah i don't know we'll, ha we'll have to do this again <laughs> well, in like two years well, when i'm in a different place in my career when, yeah when I walked off a big set, like, no, I'm for done. Sure, for sure. <laughs> and it makes headlines. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about your singing. Mm -hmm. We, we, we kind of mentioned, we talked about musical performance company, that you travel the world, that musical theater. Mm -hmm. But um, does it go a little bit further than that? Is singing has singing been a bigger dream or anything on the side that you uh, tried to make happen in other ways or? Mm, not really. I've always loved to sing. I still uh, make my income doing music mostly. Uh, that's a big part of my work. But I've been, I don't know. I, I've never wanted to be like a singer, singer, and that might change. I think I really. I don't know if I even consider myself as actor. Like, I feel like I'm more of a filmmaker now. And that might have just come out of the product of not being able to book jobs. So I started to have to make my own thing. And I feel like maybe at a certain point, if I'm making music, I would enjoy more if I could find like a producer that I really gel with. But just to be a singer, not really interested. Because have you, have you, have you explored that at all? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I mean, I used yeah, to work as a singer. I, I did a, the master class. I don't know if you guys seen it. Um, I did an episode with Christina Aguilera. Um, Dang, what? <laughs> I think my singing is cut, though. I think I cut. Okay. I haven't watched it. Uh, I used to be a singer at Disneyland. I sang movie tracks, commercials. I did a lot of singing jobs in Japan. Um, yeah, they're fun, but... It's not it's no my big passion. Deal, no big deal. I mean, I've done some work, is all I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's uh, very cool. Yeah, uh, and right now, my quarantine quarantine script, quarantine. Um, I with this producer writer. He has a film out on Netflix. Uh, we wrote a film about a musician. So if that film gets made, hopefully I will be able to play the role, and I would be a singer in the film. So it would you you would be singing yeah, as a I'd character. Be, yeah, yeah. yeah. and cool. I love those like La La Land. You know all the old musical theater movies, mm. and that's very different. Being a recorded actor in a movie and live is very different. I would love to do singing roles in a movie. Yeah, yeah. I remember La La Land. Um, I remember. Okay, just to sidetrack for a second. I remember the. Uh, there were some reviews about Gosling. Emma Stone and Gosling are the mm -hmm. leads in that one. Mm -hmm. And there was some frustration at how they weren't uh, 
like craft proper all the time and like sure and whatnot but i mean times are different you know studios don't develop musical theater actors like they used to um i i loved it because i think at the end of the day it's about the story and i i love um what's the director's name um oh my gosh i'm forgetting the director's Uh, name damien chazelle love him yeah he's great i got to audition for one of his films I didn't book it, but it was very exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand that, especially having watched most musical theater films growing up. Mm -hmm. But I didn't watch it for that. I I knew going into the theater, I wasn't going to be impressed. Well, actually, it's horrible to say. I I was impressed (laughs) by the movie. I thought they did great, but I wasn't going to see Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds. Mm -hmm. You know, like people who did yeah, that. Yeah, I kind of like. For me, being that I don't, I'm not really familiar with the world anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't really catch those things, and I'm just like, it's super cool to see actors be imperfect, and yeah, I felt very like, real. Yeah, yeah it kind of grounds it, grounds it a little bit more. Where yeah, I mean, they're such incredible actors, the both of them. I I was in awe. I watched it in theaters like three times. Nice. That's the kind of movies I would love to get an opportunity to do it's or make. Some, it's got some great moments for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, because I know, like, when I was, I did a little a little Googling of you just to see if there's anything else that. Oh my gosh. That... What did you find? <laughs> I also changed my name like three times. So you got to look oh, me yeah? up in different Dang. names. Dang. <laughs> okay. I, I... I was Risa Ishiyama, Risa Marie, Risa Marie Ishiyama. Mm-hmm. Risa, yeah, those those are the only two that I. Yeah, those are the obvious ones, unless it's changed otherwise. I Um, feel like I was like Risa Lynn for a while. No, like I I stumbled. I think I made it when we had first met. I feel like I looked up some of your stuff initially, so I might have seen this prior. But like, uh, you're singing real. I don't know if I actually. I don't know if that's still even available. Yeah, it's on. It is. I watched it this morning. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I've seen a part of it before, but I revisited it today. I'm like, oh my gosh, Risa can sing. Like I, I didn't. Like it wasn't even a thing. Like that's not something that you really. I feel like you you've shown off lately. Via, That's like, social true. Media or... I did make a quarantine song with my friend. It's on Instagram. That was pretty fun. I sing with my sister sometimes. But, and this is actually what I love about you. When I'm auditioning in the world, I'm always put in a box, which is, like, I'm Asian. Specifically, I'm Japanese. Specifically, I'm half Japanese because it's so specific now. I don't even book Japanese roles anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so it's that or, oh, I sing or... I don't like do a little bit of martial arts or but for you it was always kind of like you know you just saw me as me or an actress and I didn't feel like I was put into this box of of, I do these things so maybe that's why we it's never come up I don't know yeah I think I think think that's I think that's I think that's correct yeah yeah but I, I I was watching it and I'm like oh my gosh I wonder if I can use. <laughs> I wonder if I can get Risa to sing. Sing? Well, not like right now. Just <laughs> saying, you know, thinking from the from the writer. Oh. Just knowing. Sure. Just being that I, for whatever reason, that didn't stick in my brain about you. I'm like, I like thinking about moments when like writing a project yeah. or something. It's like, oh, I have 
I know I know of an actor actress that can that can handle this. Let's well, hopefully we'll do many more projects together, and one yeah. of them will be a singing role. <laughs> you'll, you'll be singing. <laughs> um, okay, because I did. So the one thing that that I did find that I was I thought was interesting was I don't really. It was when Keith Harrison produced one uh, produced a song with you. Do you know Keith? No, I do not know Keith. Okay. But I thought it was cool. Produced. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this was like back in like 2015 was when this yeah. was released, and you sang Sam Smith's "Like I Can," mm -hmm. and uh, they had like a whole like music video for it. And yeah. So I was. That's where I was kind of thinking. Like, did 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 Risa pursue a solo singing career, try to make something happen? Like, I was, that's mm. what I was kind of curious. About. You know, I think I made that to book some jobs, but it's on my actor reels as you know if there was like another I think at that time it was like if there's glee auditions I could send that in I think that was always my thought more than let me pursue this singing thing yeah it was there to back up the actor not to open up it a just, new avenue because I have dabbled in it I know how difficult it is to pursue anything and I just don't feel like I have enough mind space to be able to do both some people do that's incredible but I think my other half goes into story making now I love writing I love producing I direct it a little bit it's not what I'm good at good at but if somebody needs just like a little advice I'm totally down for it sure so that's where my other half of energy goes to. So. I don't know if music. Yeah, no, it kind of comes there. back to the the chat with that one director, where it's like you can't do you can't do everything. And it is so, true. Yeah, I think yeah. it was just how he worded it, where it's you know it's like don't stop doing it, and I took that to heart. And yeah. I really stopped like right after that show. For sure, for sure. I'm just looking up. Okay, I'm just gonna rattle off what you have yourself described as on IMDb. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Some of these things I've written so long ago. I, okay. I, know, I know how it is. <laughs> so you, you highlight the singing, of course. Okay, you highlight yep. piano. Uh-huh. Um, you mentioned it a couple times, martial arts, mm -hmm. uh, boxing, and then you throw in Japanese sword. In there oh yeah, I, a, I trained Japanese sword here for like a year. Uh, there's a group of Japanese actors that meet in a park and uh, one of the, the lead guys, he taught Japanese sword in Japanese. And that was fun, getting to meet Japanese actors pursuing film and TV in the U.S. He taught it in Japanese. In so Japanese, cool. yeah. Nice. And uh, one of the instructors was a stunt guy. He's on you know, Westworld. He's been mm. in so many things doing Japanese like samurai stunts and I wish I pursued it longer I, ha I still have the sword so I might go back to it yeah no okay and then martial arts and boxing are those uh... Uh, I, that's something I pursued for a little bit too um, I think I can do it as an actor I would never say that I could do it as a stunt person mm -hmm. I have so much respect for stunt people I have a lot of friends in stunts um, but it, I did train for like two years yeah I, I'm not too familiar with martial arts but was it a specific craft that um, you, or was like it... a specific style yeah no it wasn't I went to the studio that taught pretty much stunt martial arts mm. so it was more like fight choreography so if I have an audition or book a role as a 
person that can fight, I know how to learn the choreography, which because I was a dancer growing up. Yeah. Um, and my mom's a dancer. Really, growing up, dance was my main thing. It, I think it went dance, music, acting. Mm. And so I can learn choreography rather easily, but it's still, I mean, yeah, yeah, so yeah. difficult. But it makes sense that it'd be in the same, at least uh, part of the brain where it's, yeah, it's, if it's like left beats and timing yeah. and, and body movement. Because I know, like, for me, the few, like, dance 101 free courses I've taken and stuff it's like unless you keep up with it the mm -hmm. body has a hard time like you don't even know like there what anything is doing as <laughs> so so I, I definitely respect the uh, that craft but no that's cool mm -hmm. that's cool that's the IMDB stuff okay and then the, the Keith Harrison thing um, um, I'll throw out What, uh, when you think about, this is kind of like almost goals mindset, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking about two things here. I'll throw out one. It's called okay. happiness. Mm -hmm. What, uh, what does Risa think about, like, how does, what are the, what are the priorities in, in, priorities in, in, in my happiness how do you achieve it like where does where does that's as vague of question I know, as it's, that is. a big question I mean it's probably the most important question I don't know immediately I am working on letting go of fear and spe specifically in four categories um, letting go of ego control judgment and comparing with other people those are the four things I'm working on and that comes from my uh, education in life coaching that I've been taking uh, which has helped me a lot as a person but also as an actress too because so much of acting is being in a good mind space I think um, bigger happiness I would love to I don't know, I don't want, want my happiness to be about my career because I think that's that could be problematic. Problematic, mm -hmm. um, But I would love to be successful enough that I can bring my parents here. I'd love to buy them a house here and for them to either retire here or be able to travel back and forth and have a place where I'm close to my family. And I would love for that to happen because of my success of my career. But if it, it's not that, and if it happens in a different way, I, uh, I would be happy to. And then, and then going back to the, 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 the four, oh, I was going to say four pillars, but like mm -hmm. the life coaching lessons you were learning, I thought those were big points. Um, how has it been like what lessons have you taken away from from those like I, I was thinking about the comparison specifically because mm -hmm. I know uh, that you've taken I don't know if you're still doing this but it's like limiting time on social media has yeah. been a thing that you've been mm -hmm. doing a lot more of yeah um, and I feel like social media is a big comparison space. Definitely. Where that's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to. And mm -hmm. it's definitely like an active, consistent fight with. Yeah. I know 
like you have to actively not compare. That's it's a it's a yeah. weird. It's yeah. Weird I mean, and it's also who you surround yourself with, right? That's something I've had to work on, and the energy that you are giving out and receiving. Mm. So, you know, if you're checking on Instagram, bad energy, like somebody that's always promoting something that's not true or I don't know. I mean, Instagram is a weird place because I do promote my work on Instagram. I mean, that's how we met. We wouldn't have met unless otherwise. And I'm so grateful for that. And I try to use it as that. I don't try to use it as connecting with my close friends in an emotional way. I'll call my friends. So I take a break from Instagram at least one or two days out of the week because I don't need to be on it seven days a week. Mm -hmm. I don't have videos to post seven days a week yeah. or photos or exciting news. Um, and also communication too. I don't feel like I have to text back somebody unless it's necessary. Um, so protecting my energy. My friend, one of my very good friends, Morgan, shout out to Morgan. Um, she has this analogy of a cup where if your cup is not full, you should not be hanging out with people who take from your cup kind of a thing. Mm. So if you have other people that are going to take from your energy, you, sh you need to know that and walk into a situation knowing that you are already full. So if you are giving out your energy, you still feel protected. And that's something I always felt like that, like that was kind of selfish to be like, oh, I have to protect myself. But I'm realizing that by protecting yourself, you're able to be there for another person in a different energy in a better way because you don't feel depleted. You're not losing your happiness through that. And that's that's what I'm aware of with social yeah. media and just everything. Yeah, it's kind of like um, to use the, the cut metaphor is you, you fill yourself up enough to where you're overflowing and then the overflow can go to other people kind of thing in a way or... That too, but also she mentioned, you know, some people need their cups to be overflowing all the time. Like those people who are always mentioning like, oh, I just booked this job, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, this director just told me that I was beautiful, blah. Um, well, that sounds like somebody who has an empty cup. That, that might be too. Hey, different ways to look at a cup. <laughs> Is the cup half empty or half they're, full? They're forcing, they're forcing it in there. But yeah. That's an American saying, by the way. Cup half, half full. full and half empty. My yeah, mom yeah. used to always say that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I... I it's, it's also... Um, similar to the the airline mask thingy hmm. where it's like you know when 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 the plane's going down the masks fall down they always tell you to ma mask yourself before yeah. you try to help out the person next to you because yeah mm -hmm. in that case well in the plane case the, the, it's of course if everybody's trying to help each other and you're like flailing and nobody nobody's going to end up having a mask on because yeah just take yeah. care of yourself it's important it's important <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See? This glass is full. <laughs> <laughs> My last sip of glass. That's your full glass. Full glass. Full of all right, and then fame. Fame, fame. I wanna talk about fame. <laughs> about fame. So the cool thing about you too, um, having hearing more about the the world travels mm -hmm. and the 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 bigger shows and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. 
I don't have the experience of a full packed audience seeing a Broadway mm-hmm. play or mm. or uh, or or being on stage looking at a I've, full I've, I've been I've been on stage before yeah it's t- exciting in a tiny community theater setting hey it's all and, it's all uh, exciting it's 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 a, it's it's interesting depending on the confidence level that that you have because mm-hmm. it could be terrifying as well. What was the role you play? A tree. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people say, I was a tree. And my parents were like, you're the best tree. Yeah, yeah. Because it should just be about being on stage and being like, wow, this is so much fun. Yeah, my, my first, when I first jumped into it, I know, oh, I took acting 101 in my final semester of college. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like revitalized my creative uh, self, because I was like an, 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 I was on an engineering track up to oh, that okay. point, and then I was like, you know what, I need some fun acting 101. Sure. After that, I got recommended to me, hey, there's people that I know that are doing that community play, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what, let's do it. And it was a musical as well, and I don't sing, <laughs> so it was a lot. I but I was it. just like an ensemble background. I think I had maybe like three lines the whole play, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was kind of torturous for me. It was kind of <laughs> torturous, but you got to you got to get in there and, and get your time in and do yeah. some stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I did another play that, that winter that was more of a comedic parody on. Um, classic uh christmas show the nutcracker that's the a nutcracker. parody of the nutcracker okay. good show and that one was luckily no dialogue somehow because it's mostly musical nutcracker is mostly ballet yeah. yeah i know the ballet version which is there's no dialogue. right so with the parody it was like other choreographed stuff was going on like jokes and i don't know okay whatever either way I, so i don't have i okay so fame what, how do you feel about is how how does fame play into the the actor and, and what you're aiming for and, and where you where you get um, what you get out of attention and stuff? As I'm looking at the Hollywood sign right here, um, I don't know. Fame is a weird thing, right? Also, fame it seems easier to achieve now with you know there's these tiktok stars who have billions of followers making millions Mm -hmm. they're famous so i don't know what it all means i don't necessarily focus on being famous but i do think there is some kind of liberation in being famous like if you wanted to make a big movie your name sells or you're able to get big funds because your name is recognizable I mean, that's a great place to be in. I don't think of it as in like, oh, like I want to be at a place where paparazzis are following me. No, thank you. Yeah. But I would be grateful if any of those things happened, if my career was in a place that I wanted to be in. I don't know. I grew up with a lot of famous people in Japan because my parents were both actors. And they're not famous, but we had famous actor friends. And... I don't know, they didn't seem too happy. <laughs> um, Coming back to happiness there, yeah. Yeah. So. What was it about? Do you, do you know much about? 
There's just a lot of like marriage dramas and family dramas because of their fame and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that I've that we hear more about these days is like there's almost aside from the plus that you mentioned with having your name attached to a project gets a green lit. Mm-hmm. And you can like be your own self-producer on that mm-hmm. higher level where people come to you with ideas and projects. You're like, mm-hmm. sweet, I'll attach myself to that book. Let's get that thing made. Like, yeah. I loved reading that it. That would be so exciting. Like the Reese Witherspoon, uh, you know, like she's doing all that stuff. So many. Margot Robbie, um, Olivia Wilde is directing yeah. and like so cool. So I like that, I, the idea of that side of it for sure with, with there's a benefit there for... For that but on the other side of it there's just the whole cancel culture thing that's know, going if you if you, if you've ever said if you say any like there's always going to be somebody that disagrees with something that you say no matter yeah. how good your intentions are or something or, that just comes out of your mouth in a wrong way and you're even recognizing it as you're saying it but you can't take it back mm-hmm. like i think if you're under the microscope uh yeah that, that must feel scary but i don't know i'm not there at all so <laughs> the question yeah it's, i don't know i mean i would like to put out into the universe that i'm not against it I, <laughs> let's just see how it goes Let, give it to me and then but also like who's famous forever not a lot of people you know you get your moment and then and i don't want to be those people <laughs> where it's like oh sh- she got famous for two years and now nobody heard about her i'd rather be making something for a really long time and if some of them became big great but my goal is not to be famous it's that if you know if that's part of the journey amazing but I mean, i'm going to continue to make things regardless so yeah okay <laughs> and you know with other wonderful okay. people like yourself yeah yeah grow yes. my community for sure okay I, I see all that. Um, uh, I wanted to ask about because ever since that we met, I, I I've, I've enjoyed your outlook on collaboration mm-hmm. and uh, and how you see that. Um, I was going to ask about how you. If you can explain it for people how you see the collaboration process and how you choose what projects to be a part of and who to work with mm-hmm. and how you develop that insight as as an actor because yeah i could i could speak on other actors views in contrast with yours okay i'm kind of interested to hear about that too but um well as you researched me, I researched you uh, because Eddie and I met on Instagram. He, you watched my uh, Christmas video, right? Yeah, that was one that yeah, I yeah. Think I mentioned that stuck out to me. There was a there was a short. I, I'd call it a short. It's more like a, yeah. a sketch of some kind. Yeah. Um, I don't even think there's, there's any dialogue in it. It's like all nonverbal, no, co- yeah. comedic, where you demonstrate some like funny martial arts moves mm-hmm. and you're trying to buy a Christmas present last minute all that kind of stuff yeah and that cracked me up so I was like yeah you reached like, out to me yeah. and you were very professional and I went to your Instagram page and saw that you are a working person in the industry 
And then I think I looked up your reel or something on Vimeo and uh, or, or maybe you sent me some past projects and then I watched them and I thought they were funny. So we met up and I'm always kind of just like trying to figure out people's energies and, and we met up and I thought we were just kind of having like a general like hello and you were like, I have a project I'm shooting next week. <laughs> and it was like, great. And I felt really good about our, our initial meet. So we uh, we shot that we shot popcorn I think like a week later yeah I mean that was the same thing for me I mean this is in the before times again with sure. where you can have an in-person yeah. energy feel uh, hang out and because um, I, I wasn't sure like of course it was the same thing as like let's meet up yeah. let's see what she's about and what the vibe is and then I was yeah I was like alright cool that's yeah I'm liking this let me just throw this out at the very end and see what mm -hmm. happens and yeah. Yeah, I was trying and to cast it short. And then when I got there, it's always a trial, right, with the first time. And uh, I really like the people that you were working with, which I think that tells a lot about uh, your character, which you have a lot of good people around you that are very supportive and really good. You know, like Max, your DP. Now I've had to, I've got to work with him a couple times. He's incredible. Shout out to Max Shout Goldberg. Shout out to Max. He's amazing. Um, and like I said before, I kind of see myself more as a filmmaker than just an actor now. So I love being a part of the, the process, the project. And I feel like as we move forward, I think we'll collaborate even more. I mean, I love just walking on as an actress. It's very luxurious just to be like, oh, I love my lines, I'm here. But um, for collaboration, I just look for good people who love to do good work and it's definitely not about the money you know obviously if there's money for the project that's awesome but it's about in having a good time and everybody wanting to make something good and if that's in the room i'm totally down and i've also have had projects where i was like okay let's do it and i did it i was like yeah no, i'm not gonna work with them anymore mm -hmm. and have just left and that's fine too Okay. Okay. Um, so, is do you approach it? Are those opportunities that you're feeling out? Are they normally with you're coming in, like you collaborate if you have the chance to act, or do you often? I mean, that would be the main goal. Okay, I would yeah. love to be acting. Just to clarify. Because um, when I say I produce everything, I produced, I've been in. Mm -hmm. Uh, if it was a money job and I was hired as a producer, that would probably be different because we all have to make money, right? So that might be different. But as a creative, um, obviously, I, I would love to be acting. So that's usually how I collaborate yeah. with people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause something that I, um, as far as like I was saying, the the difference. <sighs> the, the interesting thing is that you're SAG and you're mm -hmm. still open to the, the, the whole SAG um, status I'll call it a status is it mm -hmm. a status? Yeah. it's a status right um, I I don't know I think what? I know where this is going okay. Uh, okay are you saying that there were people that have said oh I'm SAG I, ca I can't do this short film yeah 
I've like heard of those people. people that lock down chances to experiment and feel things out um, and just have have some I don't know I, I see it as in in the downtime in between the making the money stuff is like there's it's a Mark Duplass thing that I definitely grabbed on that I was doing before mm -hmm. but the advice is like there's no excuse to not always be making stuff on the weekends with your friends. Yeah. Because putting the hours in, the times in, the reps. I think we talked about that at our first meetup. It was like, it's kind of like reps. It's like, if it's a chance to be on camera and work a different character and work with different people, then mm -hmm. you're like, you're open to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. always. And for me, if it's a chance to try out this new writing style or experiment with this different approach on the directing side or work with this different DP, then I'm like, all right, we're getting something out of it in certain ways. And yeah. And whatnot. So I'm all. I always see it from the what can we what can we gain and come out of this when let's make something out of nothing versus versus shoot down because it's not the. I don't know. I don't know how to. No, I, I get you. Saying. I mean, when we first did our thing, I thought it was just kind of like going to be a little video shoot. I didn't realize that you were going to bring you know like kind of a whole team that that was an actual team mm -hmm. so if i had said no because it wasn't a sag job if like i would have missed out on making three short films with you um so i don't i mean i have said no i'm yeah, sure yeah. sure if it feels wrong and i kind of just go with the gut feeling of like i said about you know if i'm going to be standing on a roof in rain, slipping, and they don't respect me that way, then I'm probably going to say no. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I think about uh, Gianna, Gianna Carly. Gian and being, I got to work with Gianna. She's amazing. Being a trooper with uh, with all the water she had to deal with in that short. Yeah, but that's a little <laughs> different. I mean... Well, it's different because she was involved in the story creating process. But, sure, yeah. But either way, that kind of makes you I mean, like... I would have done the water thing because I trust you. If it was with a team of people that I don't trust and they're like, go jump in the ocean, which I don't really do, then I'd be maybe like, I don't know, like, what are the safeties here? Like, Yeah, yeah. And I, and I guess I'm not technically saying that every opportunity has to be jumped on. And there's some, because... Oh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, because uh, time is valuable. And, yeah. And, and I also have done projects where I've been like, why are we still shooting this? Oh, like right, there's right. a reshoot of a reshoot of a reshoot and I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've already given, and this is not like a paid job. This is more like a fun craft. Let's make something together. And if it feels like, okay, it's a little bit feeling like my time is not respected, then I, I don't really walk away from something in the middle, but I don't think I would be like, let's do something again. Yeah, it's just a it's just a uh, energy shift. Kind of kills the mood a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I, I like that. Uh, I like your I like your outlook on on all that. So thank you. I love working with you, and <laughs> I love our friendship. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it again. I, I like all these compliments I'm getting to. <laughs> um. Kind of, uh, I don't know, a little bit change the subject, but I think it's a it's a it's a common thing to to look into, and people might care is uh, like TV habits and TV habits. Yeah, like what do you what do you being being that we're in the film industry, mm -hmm. 
do you do you make it a point to watch stuff mm-hmm. yeah do you, do you watch a lot of tv or do you kind of like are you picky I, about it how do you i am picky i love watching films i feel like with tv shows it's a little bit harder for me to get into it unless i don't know there's certain projects that i love like mm. i just binged the crown mm. love the crown Shit's creek mm. so funny but there's not a lot of show i get into um and then i do watch a lot of films or i try to i mean compared to people who have seen a ton of films you know i started watching films way later so i, I have a lot to catch up with mm-hmm. but i love watching films okay so what what is what's the normal um what are the ingredients is there a common theme in what grabs you when you're a viewer like you said like it's hard for a show to grab you what are mm. what is it because the crown and Shit's creek are way different shows of course very so. different yeah well Shit's creek it's um what is the the guy who plays david is, mm. it, is this name dave in real know. life i don't know his name um his dad is in the show I'm forgetting everything. Eugene Levy's son. So is it Dave Levy, maybe? I'm sorry. I'll Google it as you're talking about it. I think he's just... Dan- I mean, the whole, Daniel Daniel Levy. Daniel Levy. Um, he's the creator of the show, along with his dad, Eugene Levy. Uh, and I think he's just so incredible. He's so funny. The show is brilliantly, brilliantly written. Uh, the cast is incredible. Yeah, I think it's just, like, incredible comedy. And I, I didn't know that they were related and that he was a part of the show. Yeah, I mean, part that's his of, dad. Uh, so the eyebrows. It's all the eyebrows. eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, because I love doing comedy, mm-hmm. and I feel like my comedy wheelhouse is in that kind of range. Not like SNL. I, I respect SNL, but I'm not, like, a huge improv character person, but I love that kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Crown feels more like a really intense play. Like if I was to be watching a really good play on Broadway with, you know, say Judy Dench, like Amer- uh, amazing famous actors, that's how The Crown feels like. Yeah, it's just people at the top of their craft doing, yeah. doing the best work. Uh-huh. Yeah. So those are my two sides of acting that I love to continue to work on, my comedy and like that kind of... Okay, so do you, do you watch it from the actors? Do you watch it from like thinking about how do you watch? Like, yeah, is it, is it I get what you're actors? saying. Yeah. I try not to watch it from the actor point, but I do. <laughs> Especially like if I have an audition for something, I will watch something that's similar to that. So like for this weekend, my chemistry read, I thought of Matilda. Um, you know, the, the childhood movie. Do you remember Matilda with Mar Wilson, I think? I'm sure I've seen... I've Danny seen. DeVito directed it. It's really fun. Yeah. There's a character in that movie that really um, makes me think of this character I'm auditioning for. So I watched that movie. So I watch it for a spe- specific educational purposes. But I also just watch it for fun, too. And I kind of separate those if I can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, of course, that's the... That's the weird thing about watching stuff when you're involved in making movies and, and whatnot. It's like, as a script supervisor, when I'm watching on the day of a, of a set, like I'm, I'm not even watching the performance usually. It's like mm. I'm watching the movement of the actor and making sure the props that are being grabbed, when they're being grabbed, okay, yeah. how, when they stand, mm-hmm. what 
in general what the emotion levels like where the hair yeah. is at like all that kind of stuff wow. it's like all right sweet i'm watching for that sometimes actors will come up to me and they'll ask about like hey like instead of asking the director sometimes which just, hand was i holding the cup no, they'll ask like hey like am i doing a good job out there and oh really was that good just i don't know because they don't want to ask the act the director the director says it was great we're moving on and they kind of feel like i don't sure, know yeah. like is this playing and they'll ask me and i'm like yeah. I'm, not even, I'm not really watching the yeah the performance of it but yeah, but if great. somebody comes up to you and said what hand was i holding the cup yeah yeah like that's where you can answer yeah and i'm like uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh let's say you're right I'm just kidding. no it's yeah no for sure i do that i do that as well but so then when i'm watching a show and i'm not super into it yet like eventually a show will grab you you'll forget to watch the acting or you'll forget i'll forget to watch whatever i'm i'll think about coverage a lot i was like how do they cover this scene because like, mm, every yeah. time it cuts it's like a new angle i'm like oh it's a close-up on her oh it's a medium yeah. oh they went to a wide and i'm like oh my gosh they shot like 16 different angles on mm -hmm. this i wonder did they have three cameras going did they have mm -hmm. how many so you watch it kind of like a, as a director as like a director editor yeah script supervisor now AD. i think <laughs> now that i'm making more things i do watch it uh, I don't think about cameras yet, but I, I do love watching cool shots like mm -hmm. Matilda. Right, right. There is, you know, I watched it as a kid, so I wasn't thinking about that at all. But there are some really cool shots. That I was like, whoa, um, that now I'm appreciating. So I do appreciate mm -hmm. those now. Now I'm thinking of uh, Euphoria. Ooh. Yeah, that. Um, I've watched three episodes only. Have you seen the fair episode? Is that the third episode, maybe? I don't know. It's a big fair one. Where it's... Fair? I don't think so. No, it's really good. I mean, that is that, shot so beautifully. That show is definitely... That's what grabbed me from that show really quick is how cinematic... Yeah. I don't even know... That's way out of my wheelhouse of how I would shoot something. Mm -hmm. But that kind of inspires, like, oh my gosh, these are... Wait, these shots? Maybe I should, like, try some of these shots. Yeah. Because it's crazy in that show. Uh -huh. Um, so I, I watch it as a lover of film, TV making. Mm -hmm. So that encompasses being an actress. How, how often? How often do you take stuff from actors as you're watching movies? Is it like, oh my gosh, I love the way she delivered that line. I might steal that. Or that's not. Is that yeah, a no, thing? no. I think about those things okay. often. I, I mean, in specific for when I was preparing for Jenny, mm -hmm. I was watching. Um, what is that chess one? Queen's, Queen's Gambit. Gambit. And I was trying, she does these very interesting looks. And I was trying to look that she does. And Max captured a still of it. And that's like my favorite still from the <laughs> short. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Where I'm kind of no. like looking up like this. That oh, was specifically, okay, yeah, I was yeah. trying her. Was that when you're on the couch? And yeah. She's, okay. I was trying her look because she just knows her eyes and um, her face that she knows how to use it. Uh, so yeah. every shoot I'm trying out something new, definitely. Yeah, very mm -hmm. cool. Jack Nicholson said, and I'm going to misquote this, but you've got to know the muscles in your face. He said, you got to know. <laughs> and I yeah, think yeah. about that. That's what excited me when I was a kid about acting before, you know, was I was a big like Jim Carrey fan. Oh, me too. And yeah. Jim Carrey is all about face. Face, yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh, like, I want to be like Jim Carrey. He's <laughs> so funny. 
I definitely did Jim Carrey impressions. Oh, yeah? Oh, I was like the big class clown. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about inspiration. Inspiration. Like, where where do you go to get your feel for your creative drive? Like, where, like when you're not quite feeling it, mm -hmm. but you want to be up to, because, yeah. I think I don't focus necessarily on finding the thing. I focus on clearing my head. So my Shangri-La, my place of meditation is by the ocean. Um, usually water is really calming to me. I think I don't get new ideas when my brain is too busy and I'm not letting myself relax and have ideas jump into me. So I just try to find a clean slate. So I'll go on a walk. I love being by myself. I love hanging out by myself. So I'll go to Palos Verdes to this beach walk and I will just sit with like a journal and just watch the ocean and meditate and journal and and I also talk to myself a lot. <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I, I meditate a lot on my drive, uh, which I don't drive as much anymore because of COVID, but walk, drive, yeah. Yeah. And I have like a place in my house where I can meditate. That's where kind of reset for new ideas, for new adventures. When you say talking to yourself. Oh. <laughs> Can, what, can you give me an example of the scenario and on how that plays? Well, or? it's very specific to the life coaching that I mm. do. So there is these chants, kind of like mm, finding clarity and um, making, I don't know, goals or finding what I want in that moment. And there's these steps that I take in that chant. Mm -hmm. So it's like a talked out meditation. And I also just talk to myself too. Well, I, 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 I like to, I talk to myself as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I'm doing it, I'll have the thought of like, I wonder how many, like how many people talk to themselves and just yeah. like nobody acknowledges the fact that we all talk to ourselves. I think we all alone. do. I also talk to myself as like the third person. Like I'll say, you should do this. Or like, you, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like I'm another person. Right, right. Which I wonder if other people do that. Or other people go, I should. And it depends on the situation, too, so. Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's, it's, a, it's a flexible medium. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, you know what, when we first... No, no, actually, this was the last meeting before we shot Jenny. We talked about my favorite creator, which at that time, which she still is, is Issa Rae, who has a TV show. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. Why am I forgetting your TV show name? Issa Rae... Uh, not casual. Anyways, you can look it up because it's super famous on HBO and I'm having a mind blank. Issa Rae, HBO. Uh-huh. Awkward. Isn't it called? No, no, that's, that's, that was her web series. Awkward Black Girl was her web series. Um, Awkward Black Girl, Insecure? Insecure, no. that's it. Insecure, okay. oh my gosh. Um, and there's a scene where she's talking to herself in the mirror and she's like rapping to herself in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, like I do that too. I feel like if I'm looking, if I look at myself, like I, I more talk to myself when I can't see myself. Like if, 
That's true. I don't. Yeah, you're I right. Don't, I don't like the mirror thing. Yeah, mirror thing is not as much. It's too like literal. in the car it's, it's too or you don't need to see your face to talk. Yeah, to I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> but that the general feeling of talking to oh. yourself. Oh my some, god! Some military. Uh... Lots going on here today. Mm. Oh. All right. Okay. So you were saying about talking to yourself. Oh yeah. What? Why did this come up? Oh, because of meditation and. Yeah, so the, the meditation I do in my car is I talk it out, but I go through these steps until I find my, my core thing I'm working on at that moment. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know how what, what your normal day looks like, but like I spend on the norm, I'm by myself a lot. Yeah. And... Uh, well, especially right now. More than ever. Yeah. Like this whole last year. Yeah. I've pretty much been solo. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird. But um, the habits that are developing on talking to myself sometimes, I'm mm-hmm. like having the mask on in public too. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can be... I, you can talk. I can talk outwardly to myself and nobody can tell because I have a mask on so I know it's so, so it's weird. kind of weird yeah and I'm like wait did I was I too loud did, yeah but it's it's, it's scary it's scary well, it's so funny because your last two short films that I was in I was talking to myself in the first one and the, the Jenny you know Gianna was talking to herself her younger self yeah so was that born from this COVID experience I think probably in some some way. Yeah. It's also born from trying to work with limited cast. Yeah, too. I was thinking that too. <laughs> it's like, all right, uh, want to not get anybody sick? Um, Risa, you're acting across yourself on this one. Yeah. Yeah. It worked great. But I, I do think it is. It's it's also witnessing a lot of a lot of people struggling to find the answers, and mm-hmm. everybody the. Finding the answers always comes down to the conversations we have with ourselves and finding, I agree. searching from within and really, really getting to the bottom of it. So that's kind of, yeah, that's yeah, what I do. I for that. talk to, I ask for answers to God, which is, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And I think if I'm asking the question and it, it's coming to me, I usually hear it in my own voice saying, do this, mm-hmm. which that's what I assume of when people say, God, talk to me. It's really just talking to like a deep part of myself and being open to hearing that for myself. Yeah. I do that in the car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the car. In the car. I talk. I ask for answers. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah, because I, I know I read a lot up on... Uh, it's been a theme of the, of, the, of the lockdown for sure is like the whole like consciousness and... Uh, and, uh, Somebody's running. Like, and it's just like a weird thing. It's like, where do thoughts come from, and how are they, how are they popping up? And oh, and, never thought and about being that. open to listening, because if you just like the whole meditation thing is, if you just sit and do nothing, and you just like watch your thoughts and like just scan through them. Yeah. <laughs> and then just seeing like kind of what comes and yeah that you can. Uh, well, I've been getting into breathing meditation. That's mm, another thing. That's a big one. Um, it's popular right now. But for me, it helps because I, I'm focusing on the breathing. If I'm just meditating, thoughts do come up. I'm not good enough to where I can just tune everything out. And I think that's fine, too. Like you said, just a thought 
push it to the side, have a thought push it to the side. But when I'm doing the breathing, I can usually be quite silent in my mind. Yeah, nice. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll jump to the last couple of questions here. All right. Uh, these might be a little bit quicker. Um, what do you do with your free time? Um, so I've been getting into a lot of leisure sports, Ooh. which is like, I didn't know they were called leisure sports because I'm not very um, sporty. I didn't grow up doing sports. I danced a lot, right. but competitive sports, not my thing. Not very coordinated. That's uh, interesting. But leisure sports, tennis, golf, lots of hiking. Um, I'm going to try to get in the water this summer. I'm a little scared of the ocean, but... Mm. Um, one of my friends is a water stunt girl, or she's done she's done stunts in water, and she said she would teach me how to feel safe in water. Nice. Start in the pool, so and I'm fine with pools. I love yeah, nice. swimming in the pool. It's just the waves. And then work your way to scary. the ocean. Yeah. Ooh. So I don't like the ocean either. It's it's big and it's scary. I know. <laughs> um, I I am trying to take Saturday morning until sundown as my leisure time. Because I used to never do that, and I would work seven days straight. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when you work for yourself, you just keep working. It's the hustle. But I'm realizing that taking time off is and recharging is so important, especially for my personality, because I just get so overwhelmed or anxious. Mm -hmm. So I need to take a break and just reset and meditate. So I do those things. Yeah, because I know, I think... Cause I play tennis too. Oh, I remember. We should go together. I, yeah, I remember. I'm horrible, by the way. <laughs> I'm pretty good. Okay, I mean, teach I'm, me. I mean, it's been like I probably haven't played for like six years or something. But, okay, well let's do it. But I have, yeah. I have two rackets. Sweet, I have two rackets and too. I have pink balls. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. Next up. <laughs> okay. Um. What? This is this is a question. This is kind of random. But it has to do with a, a project that I'm trying to develop. All right. Um, question is, from your perspective, mm -hmm. what does it mean to be a man? Ooh. If I were a boy. What is that? A Beyonce song? That's Here's that. my singing. She had that song. <laughs> if that I were great. a boy or if yeah, I were yeah, a man. Yeah. Um, what is it to be? I think Taylor a Swift man? has a song like that too, actually. Yeah, she won Best Director for that music video. Oh, really? Yeah, she plays a guy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I am a feminist, but I don't see it so much as like guys are this way, women are that way. I think it's very flexible. I don't think like. Okay, great, great. Yeah, I think it's kind of great because it just it depends on each person. Um, I know what my family was like. And men and women in Japan are very defined. America, I think, and it's changed a lot in the past couple of years, I think it's a lot more fluid. Um, you can be a guy, you can be even like a muscular kind of manly guy and be, be very feminine. And I love that. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know if I have a thing where it's like, like what should a guy be or what is a guy? Well, let's, okay, let's start with Japan. Okay. And you said there's a clear definition of what a man is there. Yeah, which I don't like. What, yeah. what, can, what is it? Was that men are usually more superior. 
Uh, is superior above? Yeah. Yeah, superior. Yeah, inferior would be below. Yeah, there you go. See? Still learning English. That's great. Um, men are superior. Mo men still get paid more. And that I know that happens in the U.S. Yeah, too. Okay. Um, but it's more of the culture of men being a higher rank and you have to listen to the guy or you have to serve the guy, especially if you're at like a party. The women are the women serve the men i don't like that so <laughs> glad i love that <laughs> there's lots of great things about japan but i don't like that yeah in the u.s i mean you know i have tons well, of friends sorry go ahead i was gonna say but as far as what, what about the character traits themselves in in the in the ideals that a man that a man is striving to become is that like a thing that boys like there's a rite of passage to becoming a man where it's like yeah i mean and also wait, there's like, i don't know it's different know. generations, right? Even when we were growing up, I think what a guy or a boy was supposed to be is very different from now. Um, same, so same in Japan. Where same it kind in Japan, of I think too. it has evolved, but men were supposed to be the care, not the caretaker, the the money provider. maker, the provider. That's what it is. Uh, be masculine and don't cry and like don't wear okay. pink, maybe. So the kind of the traditional, even yeah, that's like a Western view side. There's like there's overlap there for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. So now things are changing a little bit. It's mm -hmm. a little bit more fluid. So all right. Are you trying to argue for? I didn't really kind of see this. I didn't really foresee this coming, but it does make sense that. Is it wrong to give traits depending, like man trait, woman trait? It's like it doesn't really matter. Like you're a human and then traits come to you and we don't really try to categorize them as that's a woman trait, that's a man trait. Like, is that... Yeah, is that I, the... I think of that that way more. Um you know, I have lots of friends in the LGBT community, then, you know, what yeah. are a, a manly trait for them? It could be wearing a dress. They're a guy that <laughs> likes to wear a dress. Sure. You know what I mean? And I also have, you know, lesbian friends who, you know, they like to shave their head or whatever. Like, I don't, we, as society, put on what a woman and a man are supposed to be. And that's slowly being taken away. Yeah. So, you know, in the next couple of generations, I think it's going to look very different. We shall see. Yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to think about, I guess, in, in the particular scenario that I'm thinking, it's like a, it's a relationship story where it's a guy and a girl, man and a woman, and there's some conflicts between him thinking he's being criticized on not being manly enough, so he's like, he wants to be more of a man. Mm-hmm. But there's still some some work to be done on, on what he thinks that means and what she thinks that means and kind of solving all those problems on, mm -hmm. on that miscommunication on what I think it means is actually not what you think it means. So we're, yeah. we're not really on the same page with me being manly here and trying to provide for us. And it's like, you don't want me to, like, you don't need, I don't need you to provide, like that whole, yeah, yeah. those whole kind of conversations. So we'll yeah. see where that story goes. I like that. I think a, that's very, very real. But we'll, we'll see. But uh, cool. Let me check the time. Great. Perfect. Let's. Uh, let's. Let's. That's. That's all I got. All right. I was gonna say 
last, I always like to ask is if, if people want to keep keep up with what Reese's go, got going on, where mm -hmm. do they where do they keep up with you? Where the only thing I'm on is on Instagram five times a week. <laughs> Actually, I joined Clubhouse, but you won't find me there. Yeah. Um, it's Reese's Pieces 73, R-E-E-S-A-S-P-I-E-C-E-S -E 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 73. I post some comedy videos there, some artsy stuff, whatever I'm working on, what I'm eating that day. Yeah. When I'm hanging out with Eddie. Great. So, yeah, follow, follow Risa there. I, I did want to ask... How are you liking Clubhouse? How is that going? Well, I kind of joined it just to say I joined it. I don't know. We'll see you if I join any groups. You haven't been on at all? You haven't I haven't joined out? a group yet. I'm not liking it. You're not liking it. Interesting. No. I've heard some drama. I am actually want to write a short film with my friend about Clubhouse. So Even though you haven't explored it yet. <laughs> well, that's the point. Of, yeah, I just got approved. So okay, I'll yeah. have to explore. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and see you at Clubhouse. <laughs> Thanks again. All right, bye. <laughs> bye.